Welcome to This Week in Marvel, episode number 282. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm VP and Executive Editor Ryan oh, Panagos. It's not always so easy, is it? Nope. Uh, AKA Marvel's Agent M, joined by Marvel Editorial Director of Digital Media, Ben Morse. And we've got with us a special guest. She's here. I'm Angelica Lopez, social media intern. That's right. Alex Lopez's little sister, Angelica, (laughs) who interns for him, is helping us out on the podcast. What's the word where you give somebody something just because they're related to you? Oh, uh, Nepotism. 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 Yeah. Yeah. That is totally out. Smells like some nepotism. Yeah. Smells like some nepotism. It don't smell good. Yep. But no. uh, Our intern, Nick, is on a cruise for spring break. Not so only he, is he on a cruise yes, from spring break, he's on a cruise with the Marvel video intern, also named Nick. Yeah, really super What's weird. going on with the interns this semester? Angelica, what is going on with the interns this semester? You know, I'm not too sure. I mean, I wish I was on a cruise with them. Well, you don't want to be here? No, I would love oh, to okay, be here. Okay, cool. cool. You know, that's <laughs> fine. Thanks so much. Great. That's really nice. <laughs> nice way to start out the podcast. Yep. Um, what's up? First, I wanted to make sure we talked about... Um, make mention of the passing of Bernie Wrightson. Mm, yes, Bernie um, Wrightson. Amazing artist. You know, his Marvel stuff, he's known for so many things. He There's- is, but you know what? There's more Marvel. As I was putting together the obituary and just like having the great pleasure of getting a pull art to use, he really did a lot more Marvel stuff than I realized. Um, he did some great Hulk stuff. Uh, he did uh, an adaptation of Frankenstein. Oh, that he, was for us? Yeah, he became somewhat known for. Yeah, no, that was, it's, that it's was Marvel. Gorgeous. Yeah. How is that? Someone posted a page, uh, like a spread from that, and their their caption was, how is this possible by a mm, human being? It's great. And it's incredible. It's such yeah. beautiful work. And all the way up to the Spider-Man hooky cover that we pulled. The whole graphic yeah, novel. Yeah, he did the whole graphic novel. Yeah. It was, uh, he did some really impressive stuff. Yeah, I remember when that came out. We were blown away by yeah, it. Yeah, we talked about it on the podcast. That was a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. It was just like, we didn't even know it existed. Yeah. It was just a reprint of some old material. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. But so good. Definitely uh, a tough loss. Um, great part of the artistic community. Uh, I've never met him. I've never met him, so but I don't know. You know, you see all a lot of people on social media, you know, sharing their love for him, but also talking about how nice of a guy mm, he was. And there like, it is. Just genuine, like I'm so sorry. He was so wonderful. We, yeah. We knew it. You know, blah blah blah. All that. Ugh. Yeah, it hit a yeah. lot of people. Yeah. So, rest in per- peace, Bernie Wrightson. We uh, we appreciate your good works. Yes. Um, second order of business second. I wanted to get to. Yes. We both saw Logan this oh, past yeah. weekend. Yes. Finally. You know, guys, life gets in the way sometimes. It's true. Can't always see the things you want to see right away. I had to see Fifty Shades Darker first. Right. We're going to go past that one. Yep. But Logan, oh my God. I the thing that I keep saying to everyone that's most incredible to me is I love Hugh Jackman as Wolverine mm-hmm. and he's probably my third favorite thing about this movie tops. 
Like, definitely the girl who played X-23 is the best. She's so good. Um, she's amazing. She's a whole nother level. And then Patrick Stewart as, like, crazy old man Professor X was just delightful as well. Delightful and also so heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. And like the, they sort of skate over it a little bit. Mm-hmm. What like the Westchester incident? And yeah, right. killed seven X Men. Yeah, and six like six hundred people or something. Yeah. Like, I was just like, what? That moment oh, where he is lying in bed and said, you know, I had a really good nighttime. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, oh. terrible. That was that was great. It, it was great. Great movie. Uh, so the credits rolled, mm-hmm. and I was like, I was looking at the cast, and they had a couple of the Reaver names. Oh, okay. Bone, like Bonebreaker. So they actually used them? They used Bonebreaker. That's great. That was the only one I, I concretely remember. Did they use Pretty Boy? I don't think so. I think it's Bonebreaker, Skullcrusher, and Pretty Boy are the ones I remember. Well, what was the one with the tire, like the like the robot body? Oh, yeah, that the, was Bonebreaker. Is that Bonebreaker? That's Bonebreaker. The one who has, like, the treads? Yeah, I know what you're like, about. Johnny Five body? Yeah, that was Bonebreaker. So... He Bo- was in the movie. He's definitely in the movie, but not, yeah. he does not have tire treads in the movie. No, what does he have? I don't know. Like, there's some guys with, like, robot arms and stuff I like that. I think he has, like, some sort of robot legs, though. Oh, I didn't even catch that. I think I, I think I distinctly saw Bonebreaker oh, in there somewhere. Oh, man. Cool. But, so I... We should really do a Reaver story on Swim URC. Yes. There's no classic Reaver stories. The, isn't the one there's, where Wolverine yeah, gets crucified? Yeah, the one where Wolverine crucified? gets crucified is about as close as you come. Yeah. That's all they're, you need. They're, they're a minor player in that. Yeah. Well, um, I, I turned to my wife... When I said, I was like, ah, Bonebreaker, ah! I got really excited. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't know, but there's uh, a Reaver and he has tires. I was like explaining, like, yeah, because he's always been visually like, he's fun. The coolest looking. He got a toy. Yeah. He had a toy. He was probably an X-Men, the animated series. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. They were all in X-Men, the animated series at some point or other. Yeah. I wish I had someone to turn to. I had fallen. I had uh, seen it alone. All by myself. I love going to the movies by Actually, myself. Actually, I really love it. I'm not complaining yeah. about it. That was really dope. That's one of my favorite things. Yep. Ain't nobody there to worry about. There's a ton of people there, actually, for uh, a Sunday movie. I saw it Sunday afternoon. It was loaded for Logan. Saturday night, sold out at the Alamo Draft House. That makes that See, that makes sense to me, though. Yeah. Sunday afternoon in Montclair, New Jersey, not so much. <laughs> Fair. So that's the Movie Minute with Ryan and Ben. <laughs> so let's get into, well, before we get into new comics, tell you guys uh, about the show. If this is your first time listening, we're going to talk about all the new comics out this week. Print, digital, collection, single issues, all that good stuff. Um, we're going to get to news. Mm-hmm. Uh, Today on the news section, I have uh, two editors, Alana Smith and Charles Beecham. We're going to be talking about the crossover tie-in events for Secret Empire. So all those one-shots and miniseries, Brave New World, Uprising, United, Underground. We're going to be getting into the heart of those. Cool. Uh, You've got that stuff. We've got... Uh, West Coast segment where they'll be talking uh, as well. They'll have a little bit of games info. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also have a five-minute drop with our friend Arda Ocal yeah. from MSG Network. Watch for it. And actually, I think, uh, if I'm not wrong, Blake wanted to put our Beartooth interview on this episode, too. There's no way we can fit that much there's, content there's in no way this we can one fit. episode. All right. Well, maybe or maybe not. Look for a Beartooth episode. <laughs> we'll see. Well, we got to see how much later. time that, that runs. I don't want to yep. do a four-hour episode. But. No, but I like promise things and then maybe taking it back yes that's 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 always great it's a good precedent to start and then by the end we'll get to your questions and comments you can leave those for us using hashtag twim no this week in marvel on uh twitter uh or email twim podcast at marvel.com so lots to remember 
Isn't it, though? Yeah. All right. Let's do the comics. Let's do it. You want to start us off? Sure. Uh, so, as is our new format, we're gonna pick. We're each gonna pick three books and talk about them. I'm gonna go first with Captain America, Steve Rogers, number fourteen, written by Nick Spencer, art by Jesus Saiz, uh, Rochelle Rosenberg on colors. Um, this is full of just like awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you are excited about Secret Empire, which you should be, this is a cool issue to really like. Yeah, a good primer. Get the motor running. You know, all that good stuff. So this is where we see Madam Hydra yeah. building a new uh, Council of Hydra, yeah. the High Council of Hydra. Yeah. And it has one of my favorite things in pretty much any form of visual storytelling. It's the Getting the crew together, right? Yeah, yeah like yeah. the Going montage, places, recruiting different members. Yeah, you're, like think of the A Team movie mm-hmm. naturally as you would as your top, you know, reference. A Team movie, yeah, the A-team, not the TV show. A Team movie, okay. Where they let's have to see get, where we're going. They have this. to get the whole crew together, or you know, your Ocean's Eleven or Thirteen, you, you know, yeah. whatever it is. Twelve, nah, no, not twelve. Not so much. Twelve was crappy. Yeah, yeah. Thirteen is a gem. Thirteen was a good. Eleven comeback. is anyway. Yeah, Eleven is the best. Um, so this has Madame Hydra putting the crew together, also interspersed with some stuff from 1944, which has been great. Well, I have love... we talked about who Madame Hydra is yet? Um, she is Elisa Sinclair, the woman who recruited Steve Rogers to Hydra in the first place. Yes. And it's actually, like, she's she's more than... She's more than anything we've, we've known. We, yeah. we always knew that there was something different about her mm-hmm. you know like in the what, 13 previous issues you know yeah. she's not just a normal not just woman. a normal woman she definitely scares and intimidates for some yes. reason and you know in here um this is also in 1944 this is the aftermath of uh the whole uh zemo gate zemo it's called zemo gate zemo gate yeah and uh so cap is you know hydra cap in 1944 is distraught mm-hmm. he's like oh my god my best friend blames me for the death of his father mm-hmm. i messed up this is all going wrong and he blames elisa and she's like oh it's okay let's talk you know yeah. we'll figure it out and she, he keeps pressing her and yeah. she's like hey simmer down now yeah and uh there's this great sequence which gets super scary yeah um wonderful beautiful art uh jesus saiz and rochelle rosenberg Especially the colors mm-hmm. in here. Rochelle crushes it with like different hues of red in here. It's beautiful. Yeah, I like the way they do the flashbacks where it's basically kind of a grayscale thing, but certain things will pop. It's like yeah, it's like sepia tone with yes. a specific color dash. Yeah, definitely. Usually red. Um, and it's it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. So you've you've got that whole story going on where she sort of reveals herself to Steve as being much more than he might have believed she yes. was. I like that she's the wild card in all this. Oh, she yeah. is like, we don't know enough about her. We've seen, like, even when we see things like Steve Rogers' best friends with Baron Zemo, we know Baron Zemo. We understand Baron Zemo. This is a character who's completely new, and we're going back and seeing her inserted deeply and intricately into Captain America history. Makes you wonder where she came from, what's happening, what's going on. Yeah, and she even makes references to being incredibly like ancient mm-hmm. and incredibly powerful showing just a hint of it mm. and it's like oh cool she's there's so much yeah. to mine here i love here's here's my question for you to think about so red skull is the one responsible for angelica's dropping things left and right um 
Red Skull is the one responsible for Cap being Hydra. He cosmic cubed him that way. Yeah. Correct? So, in theory, did Red Skull also create Elisa Sinclair? And if so, why at the end of this issue does she want him taken out? Right? You just. It's a lot to think about. You just unpacked. A carton of eggs mm-hmm, right there, mm-hmm. as the saying goes. As the saying goes. Wow. As uh, the crow flies. Yep. That's actually a saying. Yeah, I know. I, know. <laughs> um, I don't... Wow, sorry, I'm trying to think about that. So, Red Skull, mm-hmm. with Xavier's brain in his noggin... Didn't need Xavier's brain He didn't this. need it, but it's no. still there, you know? You never know. Just makes no Who knows? There. Used Kobik mm-hmm. to do whatever he did to change... Steve's history. Yes. New element of the history that we know of. That we know of. Is Ali- well, you know, there could be the previous history that Elisa was there. There was always a Madam we, Hydra, right? There was always a Madam Hydra, but we've seen Steve's history told many times. Right, but like. She's never been there. She's never been there, but she may have been interacting with that Hydra team Possible. in the past. Possible. You never know. Like, I, I'm, yeah, I, I find it very interesting whether or not she's this a, a completely new element, mm-hmm. if she's something that Red Skull, you know, brought into from his own experiences. Um, and if she is a new, completely new element, why would he make her so incredibly powerful and influential? Exactly, exactly. It's because he's a jerk. And he, <laughs> built, he, he, he brought his own demise to the table. That's what the, all these villains do. I know, I love yeah, it. The worst. I can't wait to see him get punched in the throat. It's going to happen. I know. Coming up soon. Um, but so we've got, we talked really about the 1940s. Then we jump to the present day. We've got a couple stories going on. Taskmaster and uh, the Black Ant. Ant. Black Ant, which... Eric O'Grady, great or stuff. Robot Eric O'Grady, More whatever he is, he's great. He's kind of snarky. Him and Taskmaster, you give me a supervillain team up starring the two of them, I would love it. Yeah. Love it. Um, but the they have found out that Steve is Hydra. And so they're thinking of like, we're going to blackmail you, uh, Miss Madam Hydra. We're going to take over. We're going to you know do all this, that, and that. And then she's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on over here. Hang out over here in my <laughs> living room. Uh, and I just want to show you something. Is and that her living room? Yeah, it's got to be, right? Okay. Uh, it's into, got like giant statues and stuff. Yeah, it's in Egypt, and she basically summons all these uh, hydras, little yeah. hydra monster creatures, Ooh. to come together and form uh, what's his name? Hive. 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 Um, who we haven't seen in quite a while. He was no. in Secret Warriors, right? And he I was don't... in Secret Warriors. He was on Agents of Shield. Sure, but that's a whole different world. Yeah, we get to see that, and uh, we get to see. Uh, her take a trip to Madripoor to deal with Viper, who mm-hmm. was like that was the, always the interesting thing. Viper was also Viper called always Hydra. bounced back and forth between being Viper and being Madame Hydra mm. during Secret Warriors when she was Viper, as you may recall. Contessa was Madame Hydra. Oh, but she was pl- she was a, yes. a plant. Yeah, she was a plant. Man, Contessa's great. Contessa's fantastic. Um, anyway, I'd like to see her in this. Totally, there's. Uh, Madam Hydra, you know, twisting everything she needs to fit her goals. Uh, she goes to Los Angeles. She recruits, um, what's it, Dr. Faustus. Dr. Faustus. Uh, she goes to Japan and recruits possibly even creepier than Hive. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his name? Gorgon. The Gorgon, who yeah. is just a terrifying He's guy. one of my favorites. Yeah. I like the Gorgon a lot. Yep. 
uh, Dimension Z to get our old friend. Ah, uh, yes. Arnim Zola. And then finally. We've got a mystery element here. There's, yeah. They go to Scotland. And there's some hints thrown in here, which I'm I, I'm pinging around some stuff in my head. Do you know who this is? Uh, it's They go to Scotland to get him? Like who the who the mystery character is? I mean, it's got to be Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> rest in power. Rest in power, Roddy Piper. That would be great, right? Yeah. If Roddy Piper, if Nick Spencer wrote Roddy Piper into this as the new Kraken, that would be tremendous. Oh man, whole another level of writing skill. Yeah. But do you know who this? No, I don't know okay. who it is. I'm curious to see. I have some yeah. thoughts, and we'll we'll find out. But that really setting this new table, this new High Council of Hydra, and what does that mean for Steve? Hmm. Well, we'll find out because Steve's got his own plans mm-hmm. and his allegiance is to Hydra. Mm-hmm. Um, we know Skull has his own plans and his allegiance is to his butt, Skull. Really? Yeah. Um, we've On top of all that, it seems like mm-hmm. this is a triple size issue, but on top of all that, we've still got the story of the Chitari coming to Earth, Captain Marvel uh, putting together the planetary shield, mm-hmm. and they go for a test, and it's a cool way to test the shield, uh, and Cap is playing everybody. Mm-hmm. It's so nefarious. It's great. He's playing... But why is the question? Who knows? He's playing uh, the new Quasar. He's playing uh, Captain Marvel. He's playing Rick Jones. Who knows oh, why? Poor Rick Jones. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get to it, but we see the cover for the next issue is Cap versus Red Skull. Big time. Punch in the throat. Yeah. Fool Killer number five marks the end of this remarkable little series that I loved so much. Written by Max Pimas, beautiful art by Dalibor Talajik, inks by Jose Marzon Jr., colors by Miroslav Marva. Uh, it brings to a close Greg Salinger's little foray into heroics. <laughs> Something. Uh, it starts off literally the last panel of the first page completely undercuts what you expected to happen from last issue, which is what I love about this book. It just defies expectations. In the last issue, uh, Greg Salinger met up with his successor as Fool Killer, and it seemed like we we're going to have a big Fool Killer versus Fool Killer fight here. We don't get that. We get Greg uh, dispatching of the other Fool Killer pretty quickly so that he can deal with the hood. The Hood then offers Greg a deal and basically says, like, look, I have an informant who tells off the Punisher and tells the Punisher, um, you know, whatever I want him to. If you don't want to work with me, because he says, I need a super super villain therapist, basically. I want to have the most well-balanced, perfect team of supervillains to ever uh, do anything. And I figure if we have you working as our psychotherapist, we'll be all set. He uh, he has some great lines in here. <laughs> Hood says stuff like, I was like the cool, edgily millennial Wilson Fisk. <laughs> and he said... <laughs> The Avengers kicked my ass. Thor had his way with me. The Red Hulk even had a turn. Not even the real Hulk. Do you even remember the Red Hulk? I don't <laughs> think so. Um, so the Hood is basically on bad times, and he wants to rebuild. I, I gotta say a shout out to how the Hood is drawn here. Drawn beautifully with like the, the so tattered. The Hood itself tattered. Yep. You can't see his face. It's just this shadow. You mm-hmm. can kind of see his eyes in one panel. Yeah, it's really cool. But so Hood proposes to him. He says, you know, you could become. As he calls it, the ultimate villain therapist of the stars. Greg <laughs> considers it. Uh, and then we go into just this long monologue of Greg, uh, first of all, imagining what would happen if the Punisher tracked him down, but then basically going to uh, Ravencroft, the asylum for the criminally insane, and checking himself in, deciding to take responsibility 
for the fact that he thinks he's he's nuts and also wants to get away from the Punisher. So, you know, uh, as, two, as anyone two, should. Two birds, one stone. And the rest of the issue is basically Greg in Ravencroft helping people that we un, undo some stuff about his father that has a huge effect. Um, once again, defying expectations. Then there are other times when he's helping the other inmates. There are other times when he's helping the roommates. And then you're kind of waiting for the Punisher to show up because it's interspersed with all these shots of the Punisher getting ready to go somewhere and knock somebody off. And then that surprise is completely turned around. And then the final surprise is kind of sweet but really open-ended. And it left a lot of questions with the series. I just thought this series was so smart. It was so funny. Uh, it was so clever. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought Dalibor Talajik did a great job on art. And uh, Max Bemis for his first full comics assignment out, pretty pretty darn good. Second. He did worst X-Men ever. And that was a full... I, well, I guess you're right. That was, was a full... Was six five. issues. Yeah, you're right. That was longer than this, technically. Um, <laughs> but he's the good. So that's yeah, the thing. he's really good. We loved that series. You loved this series. Like, dude has got it. He's got it. And he's got more coming, right? I think so. I think so. I believe so. I saw his name somewhere. I did too, but I don't think we've announced it yet. So. Okay, cool. I didn't say anything. anything. All right. On to Spider-Gwen number 18. Uh, this is the final part of Sitting in a Tree. Man. The crossover event of the season. Yes. Uh, Spider-Man and Spider-Woman together looking for Miles' dad. They've been across numerous universes. And this presents maybe my favorite universe that they have shown up in. It is Earth 8. It is the future. And it is a future where Miles and Gwen got together. Yeah. This is this is the future. They got together, they fell in love, they became the greatest heroes, mm-hmm. they had children, they helped make it a utopia yeah. essentially. And uh, we get to see their children in here. We get to see their uncle, mm-hmm. uh, their their uncle slash babysitter, which I don't want to spoil that because mm-hmm. it's only a page two reveal, but it is terrific. <laughs> it is so good. Uh, and you get to see uh, Gwen show up and the, the, the babysitter slash uncle uh, is like, sees Gwen from outside the house and, and she shows up. He's like, oh man, Gwen? Kids, a space-time displaced version of your mother is home <laughs> again. And that sets the tone. It's so fun. It's so great. Uh, Miles has finally caught up to his dad, uh, his real dad from uh, home, you know the Marvel Universe. They're talking. They're they're actually like gonna team up. It's a really sweet moment. I was psyched for it. Yeah, uh, we've got Gwen sort of trying to figure out what world she's shown up in, and the best part is like in this Earth Eight, this is normal. This is like, right. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sit down, have some snacks. We'll talk it out. Here are the children you would have with mm-hmm. Miles. Blah 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 blah. Um, and like, hey, we don't want to get. They don't want to get involved. The Earth Eight people. Do, some do, some don't want to get involved in the situation that Miles and Gwen are in, uh, but really they're heroes at heart. And so they bring in their super team, which is, um, um, sorry, the Amazing Eight, mm-hmm. uh, which the kids and everybody, they're all part of. But the big final throwdown with um, the Scorpion from uh, Gwen's universe. Nasty fellow. Yes. And he gets his comeuppance in a really cool way, which I think was a nod to 
that story, um, it was a Jeff Parker, I think, Thunderbolt story, mm-hmm. where they had the almost Judge Dredd-like universe. Remember oh, that? Yeah, yeah. That's where, that where I think gets that's where I think he gets dropped. I could be wrong, but that's like the tone I got from it, and mm-hmm. I thought it was super cool. It was uh, it was a really neat little bit of business in here. Cool costume designs for the Amazing Eight and those characters when you see them and reveal who they are. It's awesome. And then you know the Gwen Miles moment by the end is just. It's terrific. This was a really, really fun crossover between the two books, and I'm so glad we got to to, to have it. Yeah, I mean, it's just two great newer characters uh, playing off each other. There's so many characters in the Marvel Universe who have been around for decades and years and have all this baggage, and we've kind of seen how they play off each other. It was really cool and refreshing to see two of our newest characters brought together, and they play off each other so well. So well. And it was like the talent involved in this was just off the charts. Yeah, it's like banana cream and chocolate flies. Exactly. That's how it should be. Uh, Rocket Raccoon number four, written by Matthew Rosenberg, art by Ivan Coelho, uh, color art by Antonio Fabella and Marcio Menes. I guess this is just my, like, just sardonically funny books are my jam this week. Uh, this one has Rocket start showing up face down in the water by um, Ellis Island, where the Statue of Liberty is. He shakes out, which love that. looks great. Um, and he's in his underwear. So he's just this talking raccoon in his underwear carrying a little gun. There's a tour guide who's leading people around the Statue of Liberty, which uh, Rocket thinks is stupid. No surprise. Says, what's that the god of? Um, <laughs> and they're like, and they're, uh, yeah. So then Craven uh, crashes a giant ship into Ellis Island to try to destroy Rocket. And then we're right back to Craven fighting Rocket. The two of them just trading great lines and everything uh rocket saying it's really stupid that you're still alive craven of all the millions of annoying people on earth you're by far the most annoying and i know peter quill (laughs) great line craven just doing his thing and then the cops show up and the cops think rocket is the bad guy um partly because he blows up raven's ship and uh destroys the statue of liberty can we talk about that for a second yeah i guess we can pause we just they just broke the statue of liberty yeah in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Is that... So that's going on. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I hope we... That, it would like, be nice if it gets adjust, adjusted somewhere else. Yeah. Because that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. That's like a huge landmark that got destroyed. Yeah. And I love that Rocket just kind of is just crotchety going through all this. Just like, ugh, this again. He's. I'm trying to think of... Uh, he's, he's, like, he's like a raccoon Larry Sanders. Just kind of put upon and grumpy, um, but he ends up getting hauled in by Shield, who blame him for all this property destruction. He gets tossed into a jail with a bunch of other aliens, uh, some of whom he already knew. Uh, he learns one's an inhuman who could potentially get him out of here, so he just starts the plan. And the plan is just taking all these appliances and toilets and all this junk and base, uh, creating a weapon, like just seamlessly doing it. That's why I love Rocket, just seamlessly walks through this book, whether he's fighting Craven, whether he's destroying the Statue of Liberty, whether he's building a toilet. Um, he's, he's MacGyver. He is. He is. He's very MacGyvery, uh, and there's just a great flow to this issue. The art is wonderful. Uh, Ivan Coelho does a fantastic. Uh, he's drawing the definitive rocket for me now. I love it when he has him in his underwear. I love it when he has him in a jumpsuit for jail. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. just great. It's great all around. Great comic. 
Very great comment. All right. Uh, my third pick of the week is Ultimate Squared, number five, written by Al Ewing, art by Travel Foreman and uh, Dan Brown, I believe, mm-hmm. on colors. Um, you know, like I bounced around for what my third issue wanted to be. Um, it was between this and Black Panther, which we'll get to in a couple in like a minute or two. But this has a lot of backstory of the troubleshooters in here, um, especially this Philip Vogt, 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 um, I think, Vogt, who is sort of the one directing the actions of the troubleshooters and taking down the Ultimates. And we see that he is being pushed around by a, a larger force, yeah. which has been, you know, messing with the, has killed the Celestials, has um, killed, been influential in killing the Living Tribunal, mm-hmm. has brought Galactus back from being the, the bringer of life to now the horrible something, Galactus. Yeah, it looks like something even worse than yeah. normal Galactus. Uh, and changed order and chaos into the new entity that they are now. Um, but we, we really, we get to this giant fight between the troubleshooters and the Ultimates, which the first part, the troubleshooters were mopping the floor with the Ultimates. Mm-hmm. It was a really, it was, it was a good fight, but it was one-sided. And at the end, you know, like Black Panther had lost his armor, and he's fighting, you know, uh, Kathy Ling, the Spitfire of the group. And it, here, it's just this is this is one of those issues that is like, hey, if you want to show someone what is a cool, one of the coolest Black Panther moments mm-hmm. of him being a warrior. You show them this. Well, this whole issue is kind of almost introduces the Ultimates as badasses. It's yes. just like, here are little moments where the Ultimates, in particular Black Panther, Spectrum, and America, are just, this is why they belong on the A-list team. I actually feel kind of bad for Captain Marvel and Blue Marvel. They don't really get to do anything. They don't get to do much, but no. Black they're, Panther... They're established, though. Yeah, yeah, we know them. Uh, Panther, like, beats something that he should not have been able to beat by using... Uh, shadow combat. His personal personal fusion of Wakandan and Kun, Kunlun styles plus a dash of Bruce Lee. Just Come awesome. on. He's know? in his underwear and he beats yeah. a person in armor and it's awesome. With a dash of Bruce Lee. Oh, he's so great. Uh, we get to see Monica Rambeau uh, completely flipped the script on Network, who she's fighting, who, like, that was a cool fight uh, and she is just Awesome. She has a great moment too, where she's just beaten this this dude, uh, beaten two enemies. Yeah, because she, she takes out Captain Marvel's enemy too. And she's like, "So, is it my turn to be Captain Marvel again?" Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, oh flip no. the table." Yep. So good. Uh, that was dope. It was America Chavez versus Jim Jensen. Jim being the leader of the troubleshooters, and like, this is it. This, I felt bad for him, man. You do, but yeah. he. He also feels like he can be... Re- like, they feel like they can be redeemed. Like, they've totally. been pushed down a, the wrong path. Totally. Um, but, unfortunately, what's going on is there's the bigger bad for them to have to deal with uh, that we see in here and how everything's being manipulated. And uh, then they see the bigger page, bad man. coming. That's oh, a yeah. Travel Foreman special right there. Travel Because he is, can make things like that are rotting and gross just seem... Ooh. Travel is on another level mm-hmm. in this book. It's he's he does something so amazing with simple lines, mm-hmm. organics, like shapes and shadows. That is just it's incredible. He's he's really really amazing. Uh, but we do finally get to see what has changed eternity, and the revelation yeah. of what it is. Yeah, 
Is this something that has been a, a known commodity? I think it maybe is something that like Al has tiptoed on uh-huh. in his work to date. But this is, as far as I know, like this not is not a Starlin. Sure. No, this is, as far as I know, this is a purely Ewing creation. And it, it's so terrifying mm-hmm. and so great and so like messed up. I love Al's big ideas. Yeah, Al's big ideas are amazing, and yeah. this this book was incredible. All right, finally. And finally, in terms of our top three picks, we've got Unworthy Thor, number five, written by Jason Aaron, art by Olivia Quapel, with a little assist from Kim Jacinto and Pascal Alexi, who both do a great job of keeping pace with Olivier. Color art by Matt Lopez and J. David Ramos. You've got Nick Fury on the moon, being Nick Fury. Uh, but while that's going well, on... being the unseen being the slash unseen, Nick Fury. Nick Fury. Um, <laughs> we've got... Odin's son deciding whether or not he's going to take the hammer of Ultimate Thor. And believe me, he does decide. He can sense in the hammer whether or not it wants him or not. And he opts, no, this is not my hammer. I'm not going to take it. Which put it back on the table for Thanos' minions, for the collector who gets the snot beat out of him. Uh, just totally owned. Uh, Odin's son gets to feel heroic again yeah. a little bit because this whole time we've just been kind of seeing this down on his luck loser um, and he really gets to score a couple of key wins uh, we see Thanos's forces reconvene with him and learn who the mystery person who's been helping Thanos out is and uh, their union with Thanos is going to lead to huge stuff. There's smooching in Epic this stuff. issue. There is smooching uh, Thanos, Thanos smooches a lot for a like pale death god he, he, he gets a fair fair share of it. I'd action. make out with Thanos. Sure, sure. Why not? Purple. He's big. He's got yeah. all that muscles. A lot of muscles. A lot of power. He's got muscles most people land on places. Yeah. Believe uh, me. I know. Thor Odinson and Beta Ray Bill reconvene on Old Asgard, which is now back where it belongs. Uh, and finally, finally, we find out what it was that Nick Fury said to Odinson that made him unworthy, that made him unable to lift his hammer. What did you think of this revelation? I liked it. It's not yeah. what I was expecting Not what at all. I was expecting at all either. Which is great. Because, I, I, you know, you expected... Some, you know, all kind of crazy some crazy things, secret, some secret, yeah. some real thing. Yeah. But it's something that makes perfect sense mm-hmm. to the core of Thor, the character, and the stories that Jason's been telling. Absolutely. I think, you know, Jason is... It's another masterful stroke. I like that in the kind of conclusion here, too, Bettery Bill kind of serves as the voice of Jason and the readers and everything saying when he goes, the gods may not be worthy, but you are no mere god, my friend. You are Thor. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like this guy, no matter what you're calling yourself and how much of your hair you're cutting, you're always going to be Thor. Then they drink mead. Thor gets to drink mead and he likes Thor, it. Thor drinks mead. They put the ultimate Thor hammer back. And then in the epilogue, days <sighs> later, someone comes and claims the hammer of the ultimate Thor calling himself War Thor War Thor but we don't know who it is yet I love it so Jason does all this work he's like "All right, great here's all the revelations here ties it up with a bow and says hold on one more thing I've got for you my name is Jason Aaron Jason Aaron talks yeah 100% yeah not in the least (laughs) Uh, but yeah that was an incredible issue. Super good. Uh, the whole series was really good. Yes. Top stuff. Uh, all right. Before we get into our quick hits, let's talk about Iron Fist number one this week because it was a number one issue. Punch, punch, by, kick. Written by Ed Brisson. Oh, the art by Mike Perkins, one of our This Week in Marvel favorites. Yes. Uh, colors by Andy Troy. Brilliant job there. 
Danny Rand has gone to ground because he's basically not feeling connected anymore, not feeling like a weapon of Kun Lun, not feeling like an immortal weapon. So he just goes and tests himself. Not just not feeling like, not, you know, it's like, oh, I feel irregular today mm, or whatever. Yeah, mm. It's like the, the power, his chi is not right. focusing correctly. Right. He's he not, can't get an iron fist. He's not hard. He just... Like, there's too many things running said, through right? my brain. Right? He can't. He can't achieve an iron fist. <laughs> keep going. Just yeah. Keep all right. Going. So Danny is uh, trying to basically fight as many thugs and jerks as he can to try to feel something, uh, and he ends up in, I think it's Bulgaria. Yeah, he's in Bulgaria, where all fighters go. Where all fighters go eventually. Uh, beats up a bunch of guys, and then meets up with someone. And says, "Yeah, what are you looking for?" Um, and he's flying somewhere else, and he's fighting more jerks, and Perkins is just drawing the hell out of these fights, uh, and we're getting, you know, all the different... It's dark, it's dingy, exactly. it's gross, it's brutal, it's grimy, it yeah. feels like like UFC 2 mm-hmm. time, yeah. like, where you could just, you know, like, there's a bear fighting, you know, like a, a, like a little kid in a karate gi. You never know what's right. going to happen. Right, the, the foundations of UFC. Um... A man approaches him in Vietnam and says, you won't find what you're looking for in a bottle as Danny's just settling down to drink in some Jack Daniels and be done. Uh, he, like, tells the woman who's interested in him, too. He's just like, not tonight. Not interested. Yeah. Ah, I'm Danny Rand. I'm angry. Um, so this guy approaches him. They get into a kung fu fight, and they start using the name. That's one of my favorite things. Yes, now start, we know we're back in business, when they, Yeah, they start naming the moves. You get the tsunami death strike, the upward cannon punch, the side shatter kick, the bird beak strike, the yes. tiger tail sweep, the upward lightning strike. These guys are just going bada-boom, bada-boom, bada-boom. And this guy actually gets the best of Danny, and he basically says, I want to take you to a tournament where you're going to fight people with your skills. And he takes him to a tournament on an island. So it's basically flat out, enter the dragon, uh, which is great. Perfect perfect template. Uh, Put it on in there. Have Mike Perkins draw it. Brilliant. This this is like my favorite kind of Iron Fist story. Mm -hmm. It's him fighting other martial arts masters. There's just cool, weird mysticism. There's just the the naming of the moves. Mm -hmm. There's... The Immortal Iron Fist. Have we not done that? No, we should. What Maybe are that's we next. even doing? Now, what's wrong with us? What happened? Oh, we man. dropped the ball. We did on drop that. the ball pretty Because that is one of our favorite stories. Very much so. Oh, my God. All right. Well, we've got another one coming up in a couple weeks. Yeah, we're going to do all Immortal Iron Fist. Yeah. Dang. All right. Sorry. This is very upsetting. Yeah. Um, let's move on to Amazing Spider Man Renew Your Vows, number. Five, written by Jerry Conway, art by my boy Nathan Stockman. Glad yeah. to see his work. Colors by Jesus Evertov. Uh, it's the Sandman working for the youngest Osborne. Like from ECW? No, it's uh, Flint oh. Marco Sandman, oh. not Hack. Hardcore Hack, the Sandman. <laughs> you know about Hardcore Hack? No. Oh, my God. In... I want to say 99. Oh, when he went to WCW. Went to WCW. With the rubber barbed wire. With the rubber barbed wire, and his name was Hardcore Hack. Just get out. Yeah. Just get out. No, terrible stuff. No, Flint Marco Sandman. Disco Mike Awesome. Yep. So upsetting Fat Chick Thriller. So upsetting Yeah, it was bad stuff. Um, But Sandman's pulling a heist. Uh, The Spider family is at, like, uh, it's like a Chuck E. Cheese type place right next to where the bank's being robbed. So Spider-Man, along with Spiderling and Spinneret, his family, go and uh, take down the Sandman. And it's it's kind of nice. There's a cute little family moment where um, 
Spider-Man and the other two web Sandman up completely and uh, Mary Jane says I don't recall you ever doing something like this with Sandman before and he goes oh, I didn't have a team of web spinners to help me and then um, they just go best family fun night ever and it's a good time but there's something going on with Normie Osborn uh, something more than meets the eye to this is whole is he in G.I. Joe? no Transformers? Transformers? Uh, yeah he's, he's a Transformer okay cool he's an Osborn that turns into a, a dump truck <laughs> All right, Black Panther Those number... treads on his head become tires. <laughs> Black Panther number 12, written by... Tana... Oh, don't fall on your chair. Yep. Ta-Nehisi Coates, pencils by Brian Stelfreeze and Chris Browse, inks by Brian Stelfreeze. Carl Story, Scott Hanna, colors by Laura Martin and Matt Mila. Uh, it's the last issue we saw the Rebellion put down. But what's next? This is the story of what happens next. There is no traditional action in it. It is all talking, and it is so friggin' good and captivating. Uh, it is... You know, all the different people who have a stake in what Wakanda is, was, and should be coming forth. Changemeyer, just every issue just becomes more and more my favorite yeah, character. He's great. He's so great. Uh, and you've got T'Challa really like coming around to being the pl- in the place that he needs to be. Um, Io and Anika and everybody else in here. And obviously, um, you know, not everything is, is fully done because Zenzi is still out there, but the Wakanda needs to move forward. So this is about establishing where they go from here. And I will say that the last few pages of this gave me chills. Mm. So good. Darth Maul number two, baby. Written by Colin Bunn. Art by Luke Ross. Colors by Nolan Woodard. Uh, Darth Maul is looking for the last Padawan. The Padawan who he can finally wipe out and... It's it's kind of this 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 actually I read Gamora and this kind of close together and they had parallels mm. you know where it's like Maul and Gamora are both looking to kind of cleanse their revenge streaks. He goes to a bar on Narshada, 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 where he uh, gets into a fight with a bunch of bar patrons uh, trying to find out where this Padawan is. He gets back up in the form of a bunch of bounty hunters. They help him out. They torture a droid. Uh, it's really mean. I felt bad for the droid. Uh, the Darth Maul has some crazy flashbacks of how Darth Sidious trained him in the first place and how he got kind of to where he is today. And then he keeps, uh, he goes to where they're doing an auction for this Padawan. She's being auctioned off. And so now Darth Maul has to win an auction in order to uh, get his revenge. Yeah. Crazy stuff, man. Totally. Star Wars. <laughs> Speaking of Star Wars, we have Doctor Strange, The Punisher, Magic Bullets, number four, <laughs> written by John Barber. Dynamite uh, Segway. Storyboards by Jason Moore, art by Andrea Brocado, and colors by Andres Mosa. This adapts the final two parts of the Infinite comic. Uh, you've got Punisher flying around on Phantom Eagle's uh, plane. You've got ghost planes. You've got giant monsters. You've got Doctor Strange with a Gatling gun. You've got Punisher shooting every everything this it, was great this was terrific i'm gonna say like john barber is a buddy of ours yes i think this is his first marvel comic he's written he's <sighs> written for other companies i think this is his first one he's written it might be he did i know it's not ours he did a terrific gi joe transformer mm-hmm. series yes that is absolutely insane I know, people speak very highly of that series but tom scioli on the art is yeah, bonkers but this is just monster stuff the the interplay between punisher and strange is fantastic the villain characters he created really stuck with me i want to see more of them uh, it was just really well done and just like the little the little elements and icons and things that he was just bringing in like yep. phantom eagles plane and all this other stuff 
great, great job, John Barber, and great job to everyone working with him. Uh, speaking of a great job, let's go over to Electra number two, written by Matt Owens, art by Juan Cabal, colors by Antonio Fabella. We've got Electra in a casino in Las Vegas where Arcade is set up shop. Arcade, in a new kind of murder world, uh, sends his goons after Electra. Electra is going to be basically an unwilling participant in murder world, whether she likes it or not. Um, Arcade's also trying to merchandise, and he's trying to like sell himself so he can make some bucks off of murder world. Uh, Electra gets the drop on him, but it proves to be a trap. And then we get a whole little arena style thing at the end, um, and someone dies. Yes, naturally. someone someone dies horribly. Yeah. Um, all right, on to Extraordinary X Men number twenty, written by Jeff Lemire, art by Victor Ibanez, and colors by J. David Ramos. This is the final issue of this run. It's a good send off. It's yeah, you know, Earth is safe again for mutants. So. The X Haven is being evacuated, so decommissioned. They can, they can get the hell out of yeah, limbo. Yeah, seriously, man. Get the hell out <laughs> of limbo. Okay, okay. The hell. I hear you. Um, so they are going back to Earth, and it's you know, everybody's just like relieved to be done mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. this chapter and things. And Storm is even like, this was a dark chapter. Yeah, this was terrible. This was pretty crap yeah so i'm happy to start over again mm-hmm. who knows what's coming up uh but there's some really cool moments because they need to find cerebra um she is missing and they figure out where she is so there's some cool stuff going on with cerebra and the rest of the team and it ends with one of our favorite things in all x comics ah uh, yes a baseball game. Yes, a baseball game between the X-Men is always good stuff. Yes. It's always something you want to see. Yeah. Just like Gamora, number four, written by Nicole Perelman, art by Marco Cucchetto, colors by Andres Mosa. This was my favorite issue to date of Gamora. It was beautiful, number one, uh, on planet Ubelex, which is this planet that basically is on a doomsday countdown. Gamora has been reunited with members of her race, thought to all be slaughtered. She still has this Badoon princess who she really wants to kill. But the Badoon Princess thinks Gamora might be her only ticket out of here. Uh, They circle each other. They get separated. Another character comes into play. Um, We get to know Gamora's maybe cousin guy, who's not the the greatest in the world. Classic maybe cousin guy. Classic maybe cousin guy. Uh, But we run up against that death cult that Gamora was dealing with in previous issues. Uh, And all this time, the clock is ticking. This planet is going to fly into a black hole, and everyone on it is going to be consumed. You've got Gamora, you've got the Badoon Princess, you've got all these other characters just trying their best to get off of this planet before it's too late. Um, and the question is, can Gamora let go of her, reve- her need for revenge in order for self-preservation and moving forward? Mm, we shall see. Alright, uh, Hulk number four by Mariko Tamaki, Nico Leone, and Matt Mila. This was another one that was so close to being on my, mm, very my top stuff. picks. Um, this follows uh, Jen. She's really digging into the case of Maisie Brune, uh, this woman who was a yoga teacher who was um, assaulted after, you know, late one night. But she wasn't just assaulted. Here we see, like, there was something weird and supernatural about the... I don't even know if they pe- they look like people, but they could be creatures that creatures. assaulted her. Um, and she was like normal human before. Sure. Now she's got these, you know, these wild eyes, and she's got this creature that she lives with, and all kinds of stuff. So uh, Jen has to go to her house because things may not end up working out. Uh, Hulk has to go to her house, and we we see some like there's something up with the building that she lives in. The whole situation it is scary time and um hopefully hopefully jen can hulk out 
to deal with the problem. All right. Invincible Iron Man number five, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Stefano Caselli and Marte Gracia. We've got Riri Williams in her first big supervillain fight, taking on Tomo, the techno golem, uh, someone who gave Tony Stark a lot of trouble. Well, guess what? Riri is not Tony Stark, and in this case, that might be just the right thing. She finds out a really clever way to defeat Tomo. She ends up meeting Sharon Carter and the rest of S.H.I.E.L.D., has a little bit of a standoff with them. Not exactly one who's great with authority, um, but she does She does uh, shake hands with Pepper Potts and heads home, has a nice moment with her, mo- her mom, and then we see where the Tony Stark AI, which has been missing this whole time, where that is and what it's up to, and it was not what I was expecting. Nope. Nope, not in the least. That was a turn right there that at the end. That was a huge turn. Yep. Um, all right, we've got Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number 17, written by uh, Amy Reader and Brandon Montclair, with art by, uh, I am looking for the credits page. Natasha Bustos. Yes, Natasha Bustos. Tom Rabon Villain. Yeah, thank you, Ben. You're welcome. You got it. Uh, and we've got Moon Girl. Rolling deep with the Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur with the X Men, yep. uh, taking a trip to White Plains of all places. White Castle. White Plains. Oh, all right. Yeah, uh, they go to White Plains. Uh, there's probably a White Castle on White Plains. Um, they go to White Plains. They, that would be the White Plains White Castle. Yes, uh, because Forge has kept some equipment. He's kept basically Cerebro pieces in this abandoned mall uh, for quite a while, and so they're going to go and try to find it. Because Moon Girl, she's holding the grudge. She's angry at Doctor Doom. Mm-hmm. She's like, Doctor Doom, he's a jerk. He's coming after me. I'm going to go after him. What turns out to be crazy time travel and robots and all kinds of stuff. But it does let Moon Girl see that she can't do everything in her life nope. by herself. She needs some help. Yeah. All right. Prowler number six, written by Sean Ryan. Beautiful layouts by Javier Salteras and art by Jamal Campbell. We see in the end of this issue, this is the final issue of Prowler. Uh, there's a little goodbye from the editor and the writer. And we find out that this was like Jamal Campbell's first full-time assignment. And he was tremendous on it. Did a really great job. The whole story is framed by a meeting between Peter Parker and Hobie Brown. Hobie is trying to decide what to do in the aftermath of clone conspiracy where his life was briefly taken over by a clone. We basically keep flashing a possible future. Sometimes he's a hero. Sometimes he's a villain. Sometimes he's fighting the vulture. Sometimes he's fighting Spidey. Sometimes he's got a family. Sometimes he's got a gray beard. He's got a lot of things just going on that uh, aren't... It's, it's, it's a question of what is Prowler going to end up being? And by the end of the issue, we still don't know because he's basically still just this guy with a costume retiring to his apartment alone. But we see all the possibilities for Prowler and what he could be. The future is his to make or break. Yeah. No. You know what I mean? You could say that. Yeah. Uh, That was a great series. Great series. Uh, All right. Last book of the nope, yeah. Last book of the week is Uncanny in Humans, number twenty. Two stories in this one, written by first is written by Charles Soule, art by Ariel Anandito, colors by Yava Tartaglia, and this finishes up the story of Maximus and what he's got going on. I love this story. Great guy, the, great story. Maximus, and he's got Triton. He's got uh, lineage. He's got um, a couple other characters. He's got the Unspoken in here. Mm-hmm, he's got mm-hmm. Banyan in here. Um, just some really fun stuff. And basically, Maximus is like, I'm going to bring you humans back. Yeah, I just, just give me all the things I need. I'm, I'm going to make it all better. I'm good. I'm Maximus. And then what does he make instead? He makes a giant robot. That's right. But it's also, there's this 
character that is introduced in oh, here. Oh, I love this character. Cludge. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, the the Terrigen Mist made him uh, an incredible engineer. Mm-hmm. And so he can sort of build things, but it's also affected him psychologically, so he's a little off. Yeah, uh, a little off. Which Maximus loves. Yeah. So Thinks the two great. of them together obviously make a giant robot, which, you know, would be fine and normal. They've got Terrigen within, you know, part of what the robots got going on but of course the unspoken is rolling in and finding them yep. riding also a, rolling deep yes he's riding a giant i don't even know what this is it's a fish monster but yeah a giant fish you're, monster your standard issue fish monster yeah with many other fish monsters within yeah. it uh so there's a big robot versus monster fight uh and of course the unspoken becomes super powerful when he is exposed to terrigen Naturally, mm-hmm. he jumps on the sword that's made of Terrigen. And then it just, it's its great. It's really fun. Uh, the uh, Unspoken does get sort of shifted out of the picture, mm-hmm. which, you know, I think is necessary yeah. here. At least, you know, his, his powers. Uh, but it's a really fun wrap to this bit of business. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was great. It was nice. Yeah. Uh, and then the second story is sort of the epilogue to Charles Soule's Inhumans And the run. epilogue to Inhumans versus X-Men. Yes. Oh, yeah. As it says up here. As it says. Yeah. <laughs> uh, top of the page. It's a Medusa Black Bolt story written by Charles Soule, art by Kim Jacinto, art by, uh, colors by Shava Tartaglia, and it's just Medusa talking with Black Bolt. Black Bolt's still able to talk mm-hmm. for a little while. You know, he's healing, but he can he can talk, and they're having this conversation about all the things that they've been through the last couple of years. It's really a cool coda to everything. It's, it's really it's Charles Soul having a conversation with himself. Because <laughs> well, like, the one that we get to see, because we know he's always just chatting with himself. Yeah, no, this is a, this is one that's probably out in the public. Good comics this week, guys. Go out and check them out. Uh, and while you're there, grab these collections, Civil War II Fallout, Deadpool Too Soon, Iron Fist Book of Changes, Night Raven from Marvel UK The Vaults, which we just had uh, Jim Beard did a cool piece on Night Raven where he spoke to Des Skin, Steve Parkhouse, and David Lloyd, wow. who were the editor, writer, and artist on Night Raven. That's uh, amazing that we got that. Yeah, and base, oh, it was all thanks to Brian Overton. Oh, he set it all up. But Night Raven's this British character who basically the origin is that there was a time for Marvel UK where marvel superheroes were not selling very well so they needed to make a shift towards kind of like darker more edgy noir stuff so they created this character night raven who's kind of like the shadow with super natural powers yeah um and he was just a marvel uk exclusive character alan moore worked on him alan davis worked on him um all sorts of i think jamie delano jamie Jamie delano worked on him but it's really interesting uh jim talking with des skin about how it all came to be and david lloyd even saying like if not for this he doesn't think he would have done v for vendetta so and we we got that in print baby in black and white so check that out hot dog whole books in black and white too so that black and white reference makes sense unbeatable squirrel girl volume five like i'm the only squirrel in the world uh uncanny (laughs) avengers volume three civil war two wolverine versus punisher and x-force epic collection under gun yes um digital comics on sale this week most of the books we already talked about except uh, Doctor Strange, Punisher, Magic Bullets. That was the print version of the already released Infinite Comics. We've got on the Marvel app this week Amazing Spider Man 368, 370, 372, 419 through 429, and 432 through 435. Fantastic Four, 325, 326, 328, 329, 331, 379, 402. 
Wolverine, Punisher, Damaging Evidence, 1 through 3 from 1993. Wolverine, Punisher, Revelation, 1 through 4 from 1999. I feel like that was... No, no. Punisher wouldn't have been Angel Punisher no. at that point. Wait, what's, what year? 99? Yeah. Yeah? That is when he was Angel Punisher. Oh, man. That's exactly when he was Angel Punisher. How about them apples? Wow. Okay. Yep. Okay. That's what we got. Digital collections on sale this week. Civil War 2 Fallout. Deadpool 2 Soon. District X Volume 1. Mr. M. Iron Fist The Book of Changes. Iron Man, Enter the Mandarin, Marvel Team-Up Volume 1, Golden Child, Night Raven from the U- Marvel UK Vaults, The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl Volume 5, like I'm the only squirrel in the world, I'm not going to sing again, uh, Thor for Asgard, Uncanny Avengers Unity Volume 3, Civil War 2, Wolverine versus the Punisher, X-Force Epic Collection Under the Gun, and X-Men Kitty Pride Shadow and Flame. Yeah. Um, I got a, there was a, a Fab- Fabian Nicesia Nicieza? Nicieza. Nicieza um, posted a picture that he got a comp of the X-Force Epic Collection Volume 1, which means that's coming soon. X-Force Epic Collection Volume 1 is here. It's right here, under the gun. Then why don't I have my copy? I don't know. Where's my copy? Uh, Better come this Friday. Yeah, better. Because that's all the juicy bits I want. It's good stuff. All right. Um, Freshly digitized comics on Marvel Unlimited. We've got A-Force number 9, All New Inhumans number 11, All New X-Men number 13, Black Panther number 6, Civil War 2 Amazing Spider-Man number 4, Civil War 2 Gods of War number 4, Deadpool number 18, Marvel Universe Guardians of the Galaxy number 12, Marvel Westerns number 3, Mockingbird number 7, Old Man Logan number 11, Rocket Raccoon and Groot number 9, Scarlet Witch number 10, Spider-Man number 8, Spider-Man 2099 number 15, Star Wars The Force Awakens Adaptation number 4, then issues 3, 5, issues 3, as well as 5 through 22 of the original Thunderbolts run and Thunderbolts annual number 1, Unbelievable Gwenpool number 6, and Uncanny Inhumans number 14, Uncanny, no, Uncanny Avengers number 14. You're close. Uncanny Inhumans number 13. So many numbers. Before we go to news, I want to mention a couple of quick things on the website I think are worth checking out right now. Uh, We had Sarah Cook talk to Jason Aaron about the revelation in Unworthy Thor and where Thor goes from here. It's a really good interview. Tim Stevens spoke to Dan Slott about Amazing Spider-Man number 25, and it's like an eight-page Microsoft Word doc. It's super long. It took me forever to edit. I contemplated just calling Tim and asking him why he did this to me, but it was really well done. Uh, and he had some really interesting stuff about Norman Osborn, about Silver Sable, about Mockingbird, about Superior Octopus, so good stuff there. And then finally, I wanted to say, as part of our Women's History Month coverage, Forrest Helvey put together a roundtable of Kate Leff, Amy Reeder, and Kelly Thompson, and they basically just talked about you know being women in the industry, uh, female characters, all sorts of good topics that we did as part of our Women's History Month. Um, and all the Women's History Month, this stuff has been great. So check it all out. You can go to news.marvel.com and read all those. Yes, you sure can. Nice. And we have more news coming right up around the bend. And now from Marvel headquarters, it's This Week in Marvel News. All right. Welcome back. Welcome to the news section of This Week in Marvel, where we bring you the biggest news going on in the world of uh, Marvel, and we have some of the biggest guests we can possibly get. So we have booked today editors Alana Smith. 
Hello. And Charles Beecham. Howdy, y'all. And we are going to talk about the big event coming up this May Secret Empire. Now, you guys have a unique role in the Secret Empire layout in that you are going to be editing the tie-in books that we've recently announced. Uh, do you want to speak a little to what that role is like? Do you want to go first? Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it's really fun. Uh, these these big events are, are exciting uh, because it gives us an uh, opportunity to play with big toys in a and uh, you know in the Marvel sandbox. And um, you know, it's really fun to work with uh, with Nick Spencer and and our editor Tom Brevoort um, as as they kind of craft this macro story, and then uh, we get to go off and play with with creators in, in other areas. Uh, it's it's really exciting. It's fun. Alana? Yeah, and, and for me, I'm also assisting on Secret Empire proper. Mm. Um, so for, like, when, when Uprising came down the pipeline, I knew very quickly that it was, you know, characters I wanted to work with and a story I was interested in telling because uh, all, all of these tie-ins have been built in more or less from, like, the beginning of the planning process where, you know, we know that Nick is telling a very vast story um, so the tie-ins will basically, you know, bridge the things that are part of that big story, but, you know, in, in the main, in the interest in keeping the main story moving and filled with action, you know, they've moved to the tie-ins so that they can have the time that they deserve to be fleshed out and interesting. When you guys are coming up with that, when you're basically breaking down the larger story and saying, okay, these are the moments that could break out and become their own separate adventures and kind of deserve that spotlight, how do you determine which which go and which maybe don't make the cut? Uh, that's, yeah. Yeah, well, I think, um, at least for Uprising, we knew that we wanted to do something with Black Widow and the mm-hmm. younger kids, uh, sort of training them to be more dangerous and, you know, more uh, subterfuge-oriented than they've been in the past. Um, So we were really interested in telling that story, and it had enough potential in it that we were like, oh, well, that that could easily be its own thing, instead of just being maybe two pages Mm -hmm. in, like, Secret Empire 3 or something, which it could have ended up as. Mm -hmm. And we were like, no, there's a story here that we want to tell. And it was kind of the same thing for the other two as well. It It was... you know, bits of the story that we looked at and we said, like, you know, it would be a shame to not, you know, substantially tell these things. Yeah, so like in uh, in Underground, uh, we're going to be seeing um, some of the, the older heroes who would be, uh, you know, Black Widow's colleagues who maybe aren't necessarily in need of training but mm-hmm. are ready to go out and, and, and serve their purpose and, and fulfill a mission. Um, we, we see them go out and, and uh, they're tracking down um, uh, uh, an artifact that, that's, that's going to be important in the story, um, and and that's that's a thing that yeah Nick could have probably you know taken a couple pages in an issue and 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 done a montage and and seen them do this thing that needs to be done, um, or we could take some time and, and flesh it out over over a an oversized issue. And, and tell a really cool, fun adventure. Uh, and it's a good batch of characters, too, so it would have been, again, a waste to just mm-hmm. relegate them. They're, they're in the main story proper as well um, in a really fun way, but like they're, it's such a fun group that how could you not want to read more about what they're up to? Yeah, so I, I mean, that's I guess that really speaks to, to your question is just like we, 
when we're looking at the event, we go, okay, well, what are these moments that that merit some more attention? Uh, and then we pulled those out, um, and and we've made them into these these three really cool or four really cool books. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. all right, let's talk about the books. Uh, Alana, you've got Uprising. Mm-hmm. You said it's basically Black Widow and some of the younger heroes. Can you say anything else about what the book's about? Uh, yeah. So so essentially, it's I can't say too much, but um, it's Black Widow taking some of the younger kids into basically a modified red room. Hmm. So these kids, including uh, the only wasp who's already, you know, been through red room training are receiving this training from Natasha. And over time it may become clear, you know, what exactly she's training them for, but they're not really sure when they set out, they just know that she's the one who has the tools that she can give them to, you know, fix this terrifying world that Mm. they found themselves in. So they kind of turn to her, and whether or not that's a good thing will unfold throughout the the course of the issue. Cool. And Charles, you've got a trio of books. You've got United, you've got Underground, and you've got Brave New World. Can you take me through each of those really quick? Absolutely. Um, So United is a story that's very much focused on... um, on Steve Rogers, uh, now that he's revealed himself to be the supreme leader of Hydra, um, and it's it's focused on him and his inner circle in Hydra, and some of the struggles that they're up against now that they're um, bringing their peace to uh, to the world, um, and we're going to see some interactions with the uh, with the people over uh, the mutants over in the mutant homeland Nutian, uh, and it's it's written by the amazing Jim Zub mm-hmm. and drawn by Ario Anandito. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really exciting. There's lots of espionage and subterfuge, and it's uh, it's almost like a political sci-fi yeah. thriller. So it's uh, it's really exciting. That's the second use of the word subterfuge in this podcast. That is what? a new Some record. <laughs> That is a new record. There's a lot of subterfuge in yeah. Secret Empire, Just keep it as coming. one might expect. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I think uh, I think Nick Spencer would be very proud of us. He yeah, would. He definitely would. Yeah. He definitely so. would. Yeah. Um, uh, what's the other one? We've underground. got under, we've got Underground. He's very excited. Underground is uh, is written by Jeremy Whitley, uh, and it's going to be drawn by Eric Coda, who's done mm. some uh, some X Men stuff for us yeah. recently. Great, great artist. Um, but this one, as Alana said, focuses on um, on some of our more veteran heroes. Um, we're looking at uh, Sam Wilson, mm. um, Bobby Morse, uh, the amazing uh, Mockingbird. Um, Quicksilver and a few other choice guys who are out there uh, looking for, like I said, an artifact Mm -hmm. uh, that's going to play a key role in the resistance against Steve uh, and and kind of helping to... um, to, to you know mount their resistance against him uh, nice. and, and to uh, to defeat him that's nice. uh, so uh, they're they're going to be traveling down to the savage land and uh, they're going to come up against some some crazy stuff there might be dinosaurs, dinosaurs. Uh, there yeah. might be some mutates oh, wow. we don't know it's going to be it's going to be awesome though a big headed guy yeah uh, maybe May- you'll have to pick it up and see <laughs> <laughs> it's a staple of any uh, savage land and then finally brave new world what can you say about that uh, brave new world is uh, it's it's really fun. We get to play in a, a few different sandboxes with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a, a whole slew of creators uh, for for one of my favorite stories. Uh, we've got Paul Aller um, writing a story about Namor and his his old allies, the the invaders, mm-hmm. um, and Namor's dealing with some. Uh, some hard stuff when with his good buddy Steve um, having you know having 
turned uh, to the dark side, so mm-hmm. to speak. And, and Namor's just trying to protect his people, and you know he's going to get some help from from uh, some of the other invaders. Um, but it's a, it's really a story about his struggle. Uh, so that's going to be fun. But we're also going to see, like I said, some stuff going on in, in Nutian. Uh, we're going to see some stuff going on in New York City as well. It's, uh, it's going to be a fun book. Cool. So. Alana, just so it doesn't slip, I want you to uh, share the creative team. Yeah, after he did it, I was yeah. like, oh, man, I dropped the book. <laughs> no worries. I uh, want to give you that opportunity. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited about the creative team on Uprising. Um, uh, Derek Landy is our writer. He's a YA writer from Ireland mm. who wrote the incredible Skullduggery Pleasant series, which cool. I've been reading since high school, and it's just, it's like the most bizarre comedy, horror, mm-hmm. like mystical adventure stuff you've ever read, and it all features really, really great young characters who are in really grim situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when this came up, he was the first person I thought of because he's just so good at, you know, taking these younger characters and, and not in a patronizing way, like putting them in a situation that is, like, legit scary, because they are in a, a genuinely terrifying world um, as kids. And and so he's he's been able to take that and infuse a lot of humor and a lot of heart um, and, you know, some, some really good dramatic beats, so I'm really excited about that. And, it, of course, it's delightfully weird as well. <laughs> um, and the artist is Josh Kassara. Um, he did an issue of New Avengers for us. Uh, I think he also did a comic called The Troop. Um, and he's fantastic. He's he's doing really nice work with the younger characters and with Black Widow, and he's just got this great noir like adventure vibe. Nice. Um, so we've gotten a few pages in from that already, and it looks fantastic. So. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. That's a pretty good uh, download, I think, on what's coming up. Is there anything I missed that you guys want to cover? Um, mm. I I think that just the um, part of the reason that we're excited for these books is that with these and Secret Empire, it's a very vast event, but it's also a very character-driven event, which I think is really nice. Um, you know, we we get big world-changing events all the time, um, but when you get so caught up in, like, oh, there's this crazy world state, there's all this wacky stuff going on, you know, the world is splintering apart somehow, you know, anything like that that we would do in a big event it's very easy to just lose track of, you know, the, the humor and the characters and the people that people are there to read about. Um, and, you know, Nick Spencer's doing a great job of, of really highlighting the humanity in all of the characters who are affected by this. And so are the, the tie-in authors, to one degree or another, are really looking to find the human beats in all of this that will ground, you know, these very big events in the real world consequences so yeah i i i think that um that that's really the characters the the need to 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 show what you know what they're going through and how these things are going to affect them is why we decided to do these Mm -hmm. four uh tie-in issues Mm -hmm. um or four tie-in books because you know there's not always enough time mm-hmm. in the pages as we're dealing with the epic cosmic uh, uh, recourse, you know, the, the, the consequences. Yeah. Yeah. We want to make sure that each of these these characters has the opportunity to show what they're going through and to, and, and to explore that. Um, and, and that's one of the reasons I'm so excited for Brave New World. We get to see a lot of these characters. We get to see some some new people come up and step up and, and, uh, and see what they, they have to offer as well. So. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, otherwise we wouldn't be able to see like how wasp is reacting to having red room training again or you know how how mockingbird is reacting to cap 
being affected like this, or, or Namor, or all these characters that, you know, will be in the main series probably, and will be fleshed out to a degree, but we can really dig into them here. Yeah. So. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you guys. I've taken enough of your time away to go back to making those books, all right? Okay. All right. <laughs> Stay tuned for more This Week in Marvel, right after this important announcement from our sponsor. Week of Marvel has been brought to you by Loot Crate, and this month, Loot Crate has assembled the Marvel Gear and Good Crate for the Ultimate Marvel fan. This crate features the official Marvel items like collectible home goods, apparel, and more every month. So you just stop staying us from undoing reality, again, and no one is probably going to spend be some paperwork alone. Here's an infinity gem of an idea. Let's kick off the state suits, head to the backyard, and have a cosmic party. We're inviting a motley crew of galactic greats, and they're bringing Essential party items featuring the Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain Marvel herself, and the Nova Corps. Order by May 15th at 9pm. Head over to lootcrate.com slash marvelpod and use the code marvelpod to save $3 off your Marvel Gears and Gets description today. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, show me and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello there this week in Marvelites. This is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom joined by... Assistant editor Christine Din. Andrea Stromstein with special opening act, Danny Koo. Hi, I'm Danny Koo, Marvel <laughs> Games Senior Producer. I think, I think what I was doing there was actually a bad impersonation of what people do when they impersonate me. <laughs> Wait, what? I did not think that's what was happening. <laughs> Who, who's actually want to impersonate you? <laughs> I'm a very, you know, lovable, affable <laughs> character. Um, we should put you in a game. Yes. As an NPC. No, no, it's a playable character. Selling newspaper? No, I want, I want to be a playable. <laughs> hey, we got news for you, everyone. All right, I'm going to talk the entire rest of the podcast in this voice. <laughs> Just derail this as much as I can. Danny, what do we have going on in the wonderful world of games this week? Let's see. First, we start off with uh, the introduction of Iron Fist in uh, Marvel Puzzle Quest. And why, why? This, this Iron Fist is inspired by uh, Netflix uh, Marvel's Iron Fist. Why do they call him Iron Fist, Danny? He has a fist, and he can punch. But is it like an iron. But, but even but, though his hands are made of iron. Wouldn't it be great if his, not made of iron, but his hand actually was an iron? It would be great. Like, yeah. he could iron all his, like, business suits, like, just with his hand. Hmm, you have a point. <laughs> These are reasons or, why you're not allowed to pitch anything. <laughs> yeah, or you can anagram I and become no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm basically trying to pitch myself off of this podcast at this point. Okay. <laughs> 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 all right. So Iron Fist, he's in Marvel Puzzle Quest. Yes. Uh, it comes with uh, all new skills, and you know, I think player will enjoy him because he's quite different. It has some special move, and also. They are celebrating uh, Puzzle Quest for 10th year anniversary as a franchise. What? Wow. Yes. Puzzle Quest has been around for 10 years? For 10 years since the first uh, debut of Puzzle Quest. Oh my god. 
God, I feel old. Okay. Ten years is not that. Wait, does long that mean ago. like the, does that mean that like smartphones have been around for ten years? No, the first Puzzle Quest did not debut on smartphone. It was on an iPad. An iPad? Wait, yeah. iPads have been around for ten years? Yeah. Yes, iPads have been. And iPhones have been around for ten years. Also. Wow, that makes the fact that I had an iPad Generation One as recent as a year ago even sadder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> first, first, first gen Puzzle Quest. Yeah. On iPad. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay. All right. So we got Iron Fist and Puzzle Quest. Any other big game stuff this week? This week, no. Last week we did introduce uh, the Defenders for for uh, in Marvel Future Fight. Oh, and, okay. And it f- has uniforms from all the way back to uh, the f- Marvel's Daredevil season one. Okay. Yeah. So all their looks are, di- are all, all their looks, looks are different. Are... We have uh, the Daredevil original costume. We have Elektra season two costume, right? Uh, Punisher costume. We have Marvel's Iron Fist. Who else we have? Oh, we have Jessica Jones uh, costume. Luke Cage. We have Luke Cage. Yes. Nice. Uh, and right. we introduce new characters as well from the Defenders side, which is uh, Hellcat and Ghost Robbie Ray's Ghost Rider. Oh. Well, wait, wait, wait. Now, let's not start any rumors here. There is yes. no Robbie Reyes in The Defenders. <laughs> no, Defenders let, let's, let's be clear about let's this. Let's be clear. Like, the Defenders, not the Netflix Defenders. It's right. the, the, the world of comic Defenders. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. The more street level. All the right, street just, level. You know. I, just, I, I, I just was fearing, like, headlines in future. Will, will Robbie Reyes cross over into Defend? No, no, we're not. Jeff Loeb, don't kill us, please. Yes. Um... <laughs> Well, we have we have them all in the game, so you can mix and match them you can, in, in you your can, own you fantasy world. You can do it world. in the game. Yes. But, it, but again, <laughs> not in the upcoming Netflix <laughs> series, yeah. to be clear. Also, uh, we did debut Kid Kaiju. Ooh! Yes. Yes. For Monsters Unleashed. I for Monster Monsters Unleashed. Unleashed. So, real background. Uh, again, the five com- variant comic covers, Marvel Future Fight variant, was drawn by uh, artists from the developer team. Doing Marvel Future Fight, yeah, so, so, I saw that. So they also did a a, a really nice uh, CG of Kid Kaiju and Haivo, where he drew Haivo on a piece of paper and summoned him in CG. So for the first time ever, oh. we actually made it come to life. And also, for the first time ever, it it lived in the comic for a pretty short while before mm-hmm. you see this CG stuff coming hand in hand together with the. Yeah, because the, the Monsters yeah. Unleashed that just ended last week or the yes. week before, I want to say. Yeah. Um, love that series. I really love that series. Yeah. Um, all right, well, that covers the world of games. Moving into the world of, let's start off movies this time. Oh, we got a lot of movie news this week. Lots of movie news this week. We had... Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. Are you familiar with Thor, Danny? He wields a hammer. <laughs> Uh, I thought he no longer wield a hammer. No, the well, other hammer. <laughs> well, all right. In the comics, in the yeah. comics, he now has an axe. No, well, technically, yeah. in technically, the co- <laughs> technically, Thor still wields the hammer yeah. because it, Jane Foster Jane is Foster Thor. Thor. So that's why we need to be and, clear which Thor we're talking. And about. other Thor <laughs> is Odin's son, and yes. he has an axe. Yes. Um. But yes, we did have first look images at uh, some of the characters from Thor Ragnarok, including uh, Valkyrie and uh, Hela and uh, the Grandmaster 
And you got to see Thor and uh, Bruce he had a haircut. reunite. He got a haircut. I got a haircut too. Nice. <laughs> I was inspired by him. It's a nice haircut. I also shaved off all my hair. Well, not all of it. But seriously, did, did you recognize Hela? Who, who played Hela? Kate Blanchett. I know, but when you look at her, her costume, her makeup, you, you, no, you yeah, forgot she, it was Kate Blanchett. Yeah, yeah. It, you, the the, the you makeup do. is that yeah. good. She, she yeah. really does not. Uh, she does not look like Kate Blanchett in. Uh, she must blend into whatever role she takes on. Yeah, yes, that's that's, very a, true. that's great. Um, of course, that out in theaters uh, in November, but sooner than that, we have how many new character posters for Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, ten. Ten. Really, released ten. Ten new posters for, all for of Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxies. For Nebula, for Yondu, for Mantis. Ego. Ego and uh, Aisha. Aisha, yes. Um, That's also, a lot of posters. Yes. Yes. And we also released the IMAX exclusive poster that uh, you can pick up in participating IMAX theaters. Yeah. I just got in a bunch of regular Guardians posters. The Guardians Volume the, 2? Volume 2, the colorful one. The, the one oh, where yeah. like, Star-Lord is doing like, that weird blaster <laughs> disco move. I think that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this IMAX one looks it, like one of those like all black blue, light ones. Nice, nice blue neon. Yeah, yeah. yep, yeah. Uh, so we got that, but that's not it. Tickets are on sale. Tickets are now on sale. As you're listening to this, have you yes. bought your ticket? Well, no, obviously you haven't bought your tickets yet, Danny, because you they're can. not on sale as <laughs> we're, we're not, recording. We're this. not in the future yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yes, tickets will be on sale while you're listening to this. We will also have released a new um, spot, a new a new preview for mm-hmm. it. So check that out. I'm sure it is up right now on all our social handles, on YouTube, on Marvel.com, on I don't know wherever you kids find things on the internet. Uh, and we have one more poster we've got a new poster for uh, Spider-Man Homecoming which Mm. is coming out in July July 7th so uh, there is all that and nope never mind I was about to say one other thing nope nope, that's not happening right yet anymore soon we're gonna Um, go to TV we're gonna go on to TV let's watch TV (laughs) while we're doing it Danny, would you listen to a podcast of just me and Christine just watching TV? Yeah, it'll be be interesting to see what you guys talk about while getting distracted by TV. I think think fans would like that more because I would probably talk less because I'd be watching the TV. I don't know. I went with Henry to watch Logan, and he said that he needs to watch all films with me because I pretty much laughed during every time someone got murdered. And then he's all like, oh, I didn't think it was appropriate, but then when I looked back at it, those were, those were funny moments. Oh, my God. Every week you say something else that makes me fear for my life. Um, that is pretty funny, though. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. I'm being out So it's this. a comedy. It's, um, I'm, I'm it is totally be, a comedy. I'm, I'm slightly alarmed that I'm in a uh, conference room with a closed door with you right now. So we've got to barrel through the rest of this. Good thing and, I locked uh, the door. Get me back to safety. Um, what, TV, TV, TV. Well, we have the finale of FX's Legion. Well, season finale. Season finale, we've already yes. announced that it will be back for yeah. season two. It will blow your minds. This Wednesday at 10 p.m. Yes, uh, and uh, well, so we are very close to the return of Marvel's Agents of Shield. Mm-hmm. That will be back Tuesday, April fourth, at 
at 10, 9 central on ABC. Right? But if you yes. can't, yeah, if you can't wait for that, if you are in Southern California, uh, they will be at a WonderCon panel on Saturday at 2 p.m. in room 300 AB. I'll be there. Probably. I think I'm supposed to be there. I'll be there. I don't know. And uh, Jeff Lowe will be there. (laughs) Uh, And I'm sure much of the cast will be there as well. Um, And then lastly, we have a new episode of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy animated series. Um, This continues on from last week where the Guardians are in search of this missing sarcophagus. And hot on their tails is the Black Order. But uh, what's funny is that Groot all of a sudden finds a mysterious egg that he really just wants to protect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, does he want a protector or is he just really hungry and he doesn't want anybody to take his egg away? Um, I just can't translate. What's inside that egg? Yeah. Well, we don't know what's yet. What's in the egg? <laughs> what's, in the, what's in the egg? Is it a life thing? Is what's it trash? What's in the egg? <laughs> Um, but yeah, and if you want to know more in the world of animation, learn things about Marvel Spider-Man coming out later this year, head to the animation panel at WonderCon on Friday. Hey, look at you. You're just full of plugs. Yeah. We should mention WonderCon will be at the uh, Anaheim Convention Center, correct? Correct. Yes, that's correct. I say yeah. things that are correct sometimes. No, it is confusing. Dan, Dan, <laughs> Danny like chuckled at that. Like, oh, that's cute. That's cute. Some, sometimes that's cute. You think that? All right, we'll just let you have that one. Um, all right, I think that pretty much does yeah. that cover everything we've yeah. got this week, Christine. All right, yes. next week we'll have more fun stuff. Even more. We'll have we'll have some big cool stuff next mm-hmm. week that we can talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, you can remind everyone about our Twim URC pick. Oh, yeah, our Twim URC. Oh, God, we should probably record that for next week or something. Well, we'll figure something out. Twim URC pick, uh, we're reading, well, last week we said we were doing Punch Noir and Luke Cage Noir, but... Uh, but Ben squashed ben, it. ben basically overrode us and just randomly picked that we were doing Punch Noir. <laughs> Uh, and I still have to reach out to Frank Thierry because I really want to get Frank Thierry on this podcast. <laughs> and so it can just be 30 minutes of him cussing me out. And who doesn't love that? What if he goes to WonderCon and we can just track him down? Will he be at WonderCon? That's a good question. Yeah, we should look. look we, should, we, should, we should check in with him. Uh, so tune in. Uh, we'll be back at some point. Uh, and thank you, Danny, for joining us. Yeah, thank you're you welcome. Thank you all for... Listening, I apologize for myself, and uh, we'll talk to you again in seven more days. Bye. And now, welcome to this week in Marvel, our very special guest. All right, guys, we got a little quick fun bit. Yeah, you fun know, quickie bits. Ben and I were having fr- having having friends with our lunch, Arda yep. Alcal. There you go, uh, Arda. How's it going, buddy? I'm good, man. It's really yeah. good to see you guys. It's been a while. It yeah. is good to see you. We had a nice, uh, nice lunch. Yep. Nice conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Living the high life with our uh, with our buddy Arda. Arda, we met you while you were with WWE, I guess, and that's been a while. But now you're with MSG. Yeah. You're doing cool stuff with them, right? Yeah. So I, do, I work uh, with the MSG network. I do hockey content with them. I host a show called the MSG Hockey Show, which is going great. It's in its first season. First season's about to wrap up, and it's a ton of fun. It's How basically helping pop culture. Uh, it was very difficult. Lots of meetings. Uh, we really, really put our hearts into it. It was either that or the uh, sticks pucks on the ice extravaganza. Ooh, that's Ooh. nice. Ooh. Save that for you a can hashtag day. that. Yeah.
Yes. It's a big one. Yes. I've always wanted something that was like takes up 125 of the 100 and what is it, 40 characters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted the hashtag so long that the tweets were very, very short. As it should be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you're also a big gamer, a big geek. So we've been talking about um, some of the uh, Nintendo stuff we're hyped about. But you, you, one of the things that we talked about that I liked on the blog that you do was this tournament of hockey games. The yeah. The hockey games. So in the spirit of March Madness, we launched uh, a tournament to determine the greatest retro hockey video game of all time. How many did you start with? 16. Okay. Uh, the first blog was actually which ones did not make the cut. Mm-hmm. There are mm-hmm. a lot of retro games. I think we found the very first hockey video game mm, nice. uh, and we put it into the blog in the beginning of March and <laughs> And uh, it wasn't that great. No. It was basically glorified <laughs> Pong is what it was. Uh, but the games we picked, uh, there's a whole set of rules that we went with. Uh, we picked games on, uh, that were created on or before 1995. So that's why you won't see a lot of the EA Sports releases after that, like the NHL 97s, it, sure. 98s, whatever. But uh, all your favorites are there. Blades of Steel, Ice Hockey for Nintendo, NHL 94, uh, Mutant League Hockey. Yeah, which, which I was upset about going somehow, out in the first round. Can you believe that? People are monsters to hmm. not choose the monsters. Unbelievable. It's so good. Yeah. Mutant League Hockey, Mutant League Football, classics. Yeah. Did you ever play, um, I'm sure you did, play Blitz? Yes. I loved Blitz. It was like the spiritual successor to Mutant League uh, Hockey. Yeah. And actually, yeah, in the same vein as NBA Jam, right? It was like yeah, the, yeah. Uh, it was the like, same thing. Yeah, and smaller team, like smaller yeah. on-ice team. And it was just nonsense and insanity. But things on fire and you had giant heads and you were people exploding, was I think. Was it real players or was it made I up I think characters? so. I think they had the NHL license. Mm-hmm. I can't remember because this is what... I'm pretty sure it was NFL Blitz. I'm pretty sure. It was NFL Blitz, but there was also... Um, so what was? Am the, I thinking of a different game? You're right. So NFL Blitz and then NHL Hits. Oh, Sorry, there it is. H I T Z. I thought Blitz was a football right, game. Right, I was right, wondering right. about that. NFL Blitz, NHL Hits. Yeah. And they definitely would have had the licenses because then they wouldn't be able to call it NHL sure. or NFL. Yeah. Sure. So that game, the NHL version, is in the tournament. Oh, it is. Yes. That, okay. Oh. Yeah. So that there's the NHL version is in the tournament because it, it was there? an arcade. Uh, I believe oh, okay. it went through yeah. the first round. Right. Yeah. yeah it was an arcade cabinet. I remember playing two it on, on two. Xbox. Oh, really? I think it was, okay. It was Xbox. Got ported? Maybe Dreamcast. Most likely Xbox. The first Xbox. I loved it. I loved it so much. So good, right? Yeah. Yeah. So fun. Speaking of NBA Jam, a couple of weeks ago, me and friend of the show, Blake Garris, uh, were at an arcade with a couple of the, the younger members of the Marvel team, and we schooled them in NBA Jam. They had <laughs> were you no Bill idea Clinton? Coming. If you're not Bill Clinton, then it No, really we played matter. as the Phoenix Suns. We oh. played as Kevin Johnson and Dan Marley. Oh, man. Yeah. Dan Majerly? Dan Majerly. Yeah. So we won with that. So I just thought I'd uh, throw that out there. Good job. Thank you. Yeah. Actually, come to think of it, I think the last time I saw you was Comic-Con. Probably. It's been a while. Yeah. Makes sense. I was just thinking about it. Yeah, we were up on the second floor. You guys were doing the stream there at Comic-Con. Yep. and Love that stream, by the way. Thanks. Lots Thank of fun. Yeah, Lots yeah. of fun. Um, but the the Marvel tie here is you're putting a little thing together for your your MSG blog, right? Yes. So I do a weekly blog on the MSG Network's website called Arda's Words on a Blog. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, mm. big meetings. Yeah, seriously. Creative had to killing get involved. Him, him Lawyers him crushed it. Yeah. yeah. I mean Major destruction. Uh, and as you said, I'm a big nerd. I love uh, gaming culture. I love comic culture. And uh, one of the things I thought was 
A question in my head was, I wonder if there were any Marvel characters in history that had a connection to hockey. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, the answer to that question uh, was a little bit more difficult than I thought. (laughs) (laughs) It's way more difficult than any of us. Yeah. So I found a a couple. uh, And I'm just going to go ahead and say that we can assume that all <laughs> members of Alpha Flight mm-hmm. were hockey fans, being that they were Canadian. And you're Canadian, so yes. you, it's like legally you have to enjoy hockey. Correct. And so legally Alpha Flight would then also had to have enjoyed hockey. Kind of, and must, Wolverine too. But I was going to say, there so has to be a, a comic somewhere of Wolverine in a hockey game. That seems like a gimme. Right? Yeah. And he's a small man. You put a large jersey on him, that's like a dress. I would pay to see that. Wolverine in a dress-like hockey yeah, jersey. that's something. Yep. Uh, I, I actually asked two of the lawyers who have crazy knowledge about our characters and our history. Neither of them can come Jesus. up with anything aside from Puck and Alpha Flight. Um, and then I asked Jeff Youngquist, who's head of our trades department, who also has incredible knowledge about all things Marvel. He had nothing on the top of his head. I couldn't get in touch with Tom Brevoort mm. to try to get you some more fodder because if there, there's two more people, I think... If anyone's going to have info, it would be Tom, and it would be uh, maybe Brian Overton. Mm, and neither yeah. of them is, are here yeah. right now. So we don't have this. But if the This Week in Marvel listeners can think of any, where can they tell you, Arda? That would be amazing. I would love mm. to hear uh, any hockey connections to Marvel that you guys would remember. You can tweet them at me at Arda Ocal TV. That's A R D A O C A L TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, the more the merrier. I would love to hear the random obscure connections. This character was wearing a hockey jersey in yeah. this issue. Whatever it is, if you find it and you know it, any hockey connection, the NHL or not, the oh, I would love yeah. it. And it'll make it into this blog, and I will gladly credit you as well. I'll say, hey, this person on Twitter sent me this submission, and uh, it'll go into the MSG Networks there blog. Yeah, what a deal. Yeah. It's like, you can't you get no to that. notoriety. So much. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Boom. <laughs> Mind blown. Arded. Yeah. Arded. Arded. Yeah. That doesn't sound fun at all. Doesn't sound great. Doesn't sound great. <laughs> I'm sure there's a, a someone out there who'd be like, "I will, yeah, I'm into I, that. I want to get that. <laughs> I would like to be arted. Thank you." So yeah, and, and really the blog started because I just wanted to put you guys over. Oh. Is really the reason why I started. Thanks, I was like, "Who are my friends in the Thanks, city, man. and and how can I make them?" Put them over, yeah, and that's a. For those, I'm sure a t-shirt. lot of your fans are wrestling fans, so yeah. they're aware of the term. So, yes, yeah. yeah. Although, although the ones who respond on iTunes are not wrestling fans. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. really? Well, then I apologize, oh, yeah. iTunes uh, yeah. <laughs> comment <laughs> leavers. Please leave a nice yeah. review. Sorry guys. <laughs> Sorry we've let you down once again. Yeah, it's all good. Arda, thanks for coming on. Thank you. What a thrilling... Oh, yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed all of that. A cavalcade of greatness. Yeah, all good. All good. All brought to you here at This Week in Marvel. Um, You guys can send us questions and comments. You usually do. You can use the hashtag This Week in Marvel on Twitter, or you can email us at twimpodcast at marvel.com. Let's see what we got from Twitter to start. Adam Britton Francis says... My twim of the week is Man Thing number one. Big Goosebumps fan. Can't wait to burn. That's a that's, that's a great that's line. A one. Can't that's wait to burn. Good, good job, Adam. Hayden Sane. I haven't seen Thor since Siege and just jumped back with Unworthy and the new arc is mighty. Where is Balder these days? 
dead? Dead, yeah. He's been dead for a Baldur long died. time, right? Sorry, Hayden. Sorry to let you down on that. He's so you jumped back in, in with Unworthy after Siege. That's a long You wait. missed some great friggin' Thor yeah, comics. You should go back. As a Thor fan, I suggest you get yourself a Marvel Unlimited subscription mm-hmm. and read all the comics you can. Yeah. Joshua Cooper says, can we all agree that Emma Frost is the worst? Agreed. Oh, yeah? No? I don't think she's the worst. No? She's not like, like when we say Odin's the worst, Odin is the worst. Emma Frost did some terrible things, but she's not the worst. She's pretty Like I reserve that for like... She almost murdered an entire race of people for her plans. Right, but she's not like Crystal. Crystal is the worst. <laughs> There's a crystal mentioned later. I know. In the I'm, 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 I'm. That was what I'm segueing. I'm yeah. gently segueing into it. Okay. Uh, more from Joshua Cooper. Well, the new Royals book looks good. Can all new and humans continue the story of ISO trying to run New Adelan? I think you will see stuff about ISO probably pop up in Secret Warriors, which is going to be the Earth-based and humans book. Uh, but that's definitely too big a piece not to be explored at all. So it's not like we're just going to leave that there and not do anything with it so check out secret warriors um johnny's not wrapped up with medusa ben's not in space can we have the fantastic four back now hashtag i miss the richardses well i think they're still but, missing I mean, a pretty key component yeah to because, be the fantastic four because the others are available don't mean yeah. nothing it wasn't just like johnny day medusa oh no we can't have a fantastic four that was more oh no we don't have a fantastic four i guess i'll go date medusa you know kill some time i'm sure all in due time. All in due time. When the right story comes along, yep. someone will want to bring them back. Well, of course. They're that not makes gone. sense. They're not gone forever, but... They're, they're exploring up. the multiverse. Yeah. They're creating cool. the multiverse. Yeah, we need it. Uh, Joshua Cooper, congrats, Senor Magico. You made the cover. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Good for Senor Magico. If Zoe can be this brave, what's my excuse? What's my excuse indeed? Great quote from Miss Marvel number 16. So good. Sad to hear Patsy Walker is ending. Great penultimate issue. America checking out Jubes is something I need more of. I'm going to miss Patsy Walker. It's such a good comic book. I think my favorite part of the new Marvel Star Wars stories is this new take on 3PO. Yeah, because it actually given them like station yeah some strategic and like yeah. you know willpower and, and a little bit of uh like hey i'm gonna kick some butt yeah every new x book i read just makes me more excited for resurrection uncanny excellent number 19 capped magneto's story post ivx so well nice all right kyle charles says ivx was so dope but i can't help but feel kind of sorry for emma frost Aha! not the worst and why is havoc rocking the hipster look Havoc is all messed up uh, from that last arc of Uncanny Avengers. He got destroyed. He got grody. Yeah, he got real nasty. Whatever happened to his child? She with Wasp. She didn't exist. Remember? Oh, that's right. They like went back in time and like Ugh. made her not what exist. A heartbreaking. But, but they still remember her. Remender hated the yeah, character. He, hated, he loved to hate the character. He loved, loved to, to hate Havoc to like make bad yep, things happen for to characters. Sure. Uh, all right. Kyle says, and coming from a pure X Men mark, but those Inhumans guys are all right. Most of them, yeah. Mostly okay. So who would not be okay? I don't know. No? A couple of humans I don't care for. Couple, couple one? Maybe one. Okay. One. <clears throat> Kyle says, I gotta admit that I wasn't much of a Medusa fan until IVX. Now I love her. My only beef is she did my boy Johnny wrong. Johnny appreciates you getting his back like that. Yeah. For sure. He'd be like, thanks, bro. Yeah. yeah. Give me a, a dab. Fist bump. Yeah. Flaming fist bump. You don't... I mean... 
maybe you want you that. get burnt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, burnt. Kyle mm. says, now I'm really excited for the new X-Men and Inhumans titles coming out uh, after IVX. They are going to be the bomb, yo. I think we get those next week, don't we? I don't, when are they released? I think they're the last week of March, and next week is the last week of March. So that we would get them this week? I think we get, yeah, I think this week we get X-Men Prime and Inhumans Prime. Ooh. And you won't be here to to read them. I will not be here to talk about it, yeah. All right. You can call me, and I'll tell you what I think. Uh, Kyle says, sorry about bombarding you guys with so many tweets about IVX. No, my it's ex- good. We like them. Yeah, my excitement from the finale has taken over me. Hmm. All good. He says, but I do hope the Royals in Humans... Uh, I, Chris... <laughs> I do hope in the Royal and Humans title, Crystal gets lost in space and never returns as she is the worst. The worst. See, <laughs> that is correct usage of the worst. Emma Frost, not quite the worst. Crystal, the worst. Your anti-Crystal crusade. Ten twin points for Kyle Charles. Let's see how you are the after worst. the Inhumans TV series. Maybe I, that changed you. I, I would love like me having to go and interview yes. the girl playing Crystal. It just like barely restrains disgust. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, indeed. All right, Kyle finishes up by saying, I'm loving the new twin format. I'm really digging the news with editors and when creators come on Unlimited Reading Club. That was Angelica, guys. She just ruined the new show. She just destroyed our beautiful format. How dare she? No, I'm glad you're digging it, man. I really like having the editors on. Uh, I think there's even more that we'll do. You know, we were out to lunch with our boy, Arda, who briefly appeared on the podcast this week. And we talked about even still more ideas for stuff we can do. Yeah, we've got an idea for a whole new podcast. Yeah, so who knows? Who knows what's coming? Lance Presley says, could y'all... Y'all... Look into making This Week in Marvel available on Google Play. Easier to listen to on my Android. Lance, I heard you. Saw that tweet. I asked because we've actually been looking into Google Play for uh, This Week in Marvel, all of our shows, Women of Marvel. Um, but it's there's just uh, a bunch of steps that we need to do with the legalities of things and just making sure that we cross our I's and dot our T's and it's going to take a little while to do so I did look into it just so you know I listen to podcasts on Android I use an app called Pocket Casts um, and it's great it costs like three bucks but you know people make stuff and they need to feed their families Mm -hmm, so I felt mm -hmm. really okay with spending a couple bucks for it and it has been a terrific app I wholly endorse it from my own personal experience Uh, Raph AB says oh that's nice Palm Comatop is dubbing Mantis in the French version of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 makes sense yeah makes a whole lot of sense whole lot of sense Robert says Rocket calling Captain Marvel Princess Sparkle Fist on the Guardian of the Galaxy cartoon utterly hilarious really worth watching Yes. What a read. Jessica Jones number six was extremely well written, as always, by Brian Michael Bendis. Actually thought Jess turned on Carol. So, I, I wasn't sure. Yeah, but it was good. It was done well. Yeah. Marvel has done it again. That was like a, sorry, that was like a uh, Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels. Oh, uh, yeah. Level, those guys. Yeah. We, those, did we give enough love to No, we didn't congratulate Christopher Daniels. Daniel, we did it at lunch the other day, but that, that's <laughs> not the same as on the air. Congratulations to our boy Christopher Daniels, frequent a guest on This Week in Marvel. Yeah. Now the Ring of Honor world champion. Yes. And yeah. well deserved. Well deserved. Yeah. 24 years in the business. Crazy. What a guy. Great I remember guy. when we first met him. Yep. It Wizard, was Wizard World, World Los, Angeles. Los Angeles. 2008? Yep. Maybe, yeah. It was, 2008, 2008, 2007. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Been friends with Chris for a long time. We're very lucky. Um, also from Robert, Marvel has done again another solid show with Iron Fist, but Jessica Jones is still my favorite. No Kilgrave here. Fair. Kilgrave puts it over the top for a lot of people. Yes. 
All right, Simon Williams coming in with a lot of heat. He says, Trim of the Week for March 8th, Power Man and Iron Fist number 14. The Michael Jackson reference on the first page is what did it. So page one, Simon was sold. He says, reading Jessica Jones number six, I'm actually glad the part with Luke Cage happened. He deserves better than what she did to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be repercussions. Yep. And, you know, the, it sucks to be in that position. Yeah. So we'll see where that goes. Um Simon says, after her heel turn in IVX number six, I'm interested to see what role Emma Frost will play in the new X-Men comics. What role indeed. Indeed. Uh, if you read the Unca- Extraordinary X-Men this week, um, they, they talk about her. They talk about Emma yeah. a little bit, so she's definitely on their minds. Yeah, and they talk about her in Humans, too. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Squirrel Girl number 18 was hilarious as usual. Can't wait to see how she handles this new situation. Now, going back to the Alan Frost thing for a sec, who knows she'll, if she'll be showing up in new X-Men comics. She has a pretty good reason to show up in Inhuman comics from now on. She could be the Inhumans villain du jour. Du jour. Buongiorno. <laughs> um, where were we? He says, Claire deserves the Nobel Prize in Medicine for all the tex- techniques she comes with in Iron Fist. Mm. She is, she's the best. Just a delight. Just the best. Uh, he says, I'm sure they included that bit of karaoke in episode six just for Agent M. All for you. Yeah. Me and my love of karaoke. <laughs> Simon, Simon, Simon gets it. He, he says, is there some rule that says every Marvel Netflix series has to have Bone Zone action? I think it's a rule of every Netflix series. Uh, it's a rule of life. We yeah. all wouldn't be here yeah. in How do one you way, shape, or form. How you got here, Simon? Yeah. Someone along the line had to have the Bone Zone. Yep. Have the Bone Zone? Go and to the Bone enter Zone? Enter the Bone Zone? Yeah. Enter all of the Bone Zones. All the Bone Zones. Yeah. Um, Simon's opinion on Iron Fist says it wasn't terrible, just kind of boring. The fight choreography could have been better as well. Mm. Claire and Madame Gao were the best parts of Iron Fist. Uh, Colleen and Joy weren't bad either. His Netflix show rankings, in Simon's opinion, are... Number five, Iron Fist. Number four, Daredevil Season 2. Number three, Jessica Jones. Number two, Daredevil Season 1. And number one, Luke Cage. Wow. High praise for Luke Cage. The tech lord, Lex Pendragon, says, Whatever happened to Miracle Man? I thought we were getting more of that. Uh, We are at some point. Don't know when yet, but we'll be getting it. Correct. It'll be good. Uh, Victor C. Rocco says, The future of the X-Men looks better, but I'm still worried because there's no X-Cartoon or video game. Come on, man. We can't win. Can't win with some people. They're they're in video games. Yeah. I mean, I'm just playing in Contest of Champions. There's Mm -hmm. an entire... The whole month long is an X-Event where you're fighting uh, with, like... uh, it's it's almost like an uncanny X Force yeah, yeah, yeah. story. X Enforcers. Yeah, with uh, Archangel, Iceman is Psylocke. possessed, Psylocke. Um, I mean, they're it's huge. Yeah. It's you want there, there's story there and there's action. So yeah. dig in. All right, All right. Time for some emails. Uh, Samuel Mason sent this one um, in February. I don't know if we talked about it before, but this one I figured this would be a a Ben. Uh, head scratcher, see if we can get an answer. Says, so Ultimate Cap dies fighting Galactus, mm-hmm. but then he shows up during Secret Wars. So when all the multiverse is put back together, is it safe to assume that the Ultimate Universe was brought back along with Ultimate Cap? Um, when the multi- You're saying when the multiverse was brought together in Battle World? When it was brought together in Battle World, that had Ultimate Cap on it. When we went back to the normal Marvel Universe, no Ultimate characters except for the few who exist, like Miles Morales and Bombshell. Ganky. So, and Ganky. And the, and, and the parents. 
Yeah. What about the? And wasn't the, the dude Thor's from hammer. Jessica Jones? Yeah, Isn't maybe he from the Ultimate. We, we think so. I think so. We think so. And so Ultimate, Ultimate Reed Richards is still around. Yeah. So I think what we're finding is that there's more than we might have thought. Mm-hmm. Who knows? So we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Samuel Mason, uh, Zivi. Um, chimes in and talks about last episode we had made a comment this was mine this was on me it was uh, i had made fun of the the name of a character in black panther name was falami i thought it sounded silly in actuality it is a real name obviously and i should have been more sensitive about that so thank you for the email zivi i 100 percent apologize that was out of line on my part to uh to make fun of that name and i hope no one was seriously offended there you go and you know what that's what you guys got to do if yeah. we say something call wrong, us out. call us out. Yeah. People only get better when they know when they've done something that upsets someone else. It's true. So we all got to get better in something, and we ain't infallible, and hopefully we never make those mistakes again. There we go. Um, and you know what? People have made fun of my name, Panagos. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So there we go. Um, Jason Kim says, uh, Jason Kim, our friend from Hawaii, has a couple. Hey, aloha. He says, aloha from Hawaii. One, hope the weather weather is getting warmer oh, after God, the snowstorm. I hope so, too. Uh, snow is almost all gone. That's I know. Great. It's melting. It's great. Yeah. And he says, he saw pictures posted on Twitter that the Inhumans TV show is be- being filmed in Hawaii. I've seen those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says, specifically to Ben. <clears throat> Since pictures of actress Isabella Cornish that have surfaced on the internet showed her playing Crystal, what Mm. advice would you give her on playing the character? I mean, I would just avoid most of the comics and just uh, craft this character from a place of your own original being. Just uh, try to make it as unlike the Crystal that we know as possible. And maybe maybe she could be a hit. I feel like your distaste for Crystal is bigger than mine for Gambit. Might be. Mine's more institutionalized, I feel like. I feel like I've been developing more. Did you hate Gambit when you were a kid? I never liked him. Yeah, but see, there wasn't that true, like, when you when you're, when you hate something as a kid, there's a rawness to that yeah. that carries over into adulthood. Yeah. So when I hated Crystal as a kid, like, it definitely affected me as an adult. It's just getting worse. Dun, dun, and dun. Worse. Yeah. Now that she's showing up everywhere. Yeah. Now that she's going to be on my TV. You know? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? There's a real person out there. Yes. Like, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to hate this real person? This is, this is, it's, it's difficult water to tread. I understand. Yeah, difficult stuff. All right, final email. Is this how you feel, felt when Gambit was in the Wolverine movie? Uh, no, because it really wasn't that great. Yeah. So I was just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> poor if kid. they had messed up MODOK, I would have been pissed. But yeah, if they messed up a guy, like, if, if it's not, like, the greatest interpretation yeah. of something, yeah. then I'm like, all right, all whatever. Right, whatever. Um, Ricky Williams comes in uh he says i've been out of the comic world for a little while i get back and hulk bruce banner is dead captain america steve rogers is a hydra agent wtf also none of the relationships i love that sort of divine defined marvel for me exist anymore Mm. i'm talking about gene gray and cyclops black bolt and medusa sue and reed richards rogue and gambit my childhood is screaming Mm. as a kid these were my heroes t-shirts i owned stories i loved reading because i knew they would triumph at the end these couples were defining because they struggled with their problems that were bigger than life but still remain together still just reeling we'll get to his bt dub after but i think it's interesting because the characters have to evolve and yeah, change and like you know the Reed and uh, not Reed uh, the Jean Grey and Cyclops thing that's been off for it's quite a while for, yeah, over I mean, a decade she, now she literally died yeah. way back when way 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 back yeah, then yeah yeah yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah 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 so I understand 
you're feeling and you want to rekindle the childhood stuff, but it doesn't negate what those stories were. Find all these great new couples you can enjoy as an adult. You yeah. Know? Human Torch and Medusa. No, wait. Um, Crystal and Ronan, the accuser. Nope, she screwed that one up too. I'm sure there's some out there. Jean Grey is flirting with somebody in one of the issues we looked at this week. Yep. Uh, oh, that was cute. Yeah. I mean... X-23 and Angel? Yeah. They're a great couple. And I think that's life, right? Like, yeah. a lot of these things shift and change, and maybe it, it doesn't always work out perfectly, but I like that. All right. And finally, right. Ricky says, I just wanted to say Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. LMD arc is off the Ghost Rider chains. I've been watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. since day one, and I'm loving the current direction. Please keep it up. Fitzsimmons is now my fave Marvel couple. There you go. There's someone for you to root yeah. for. Great. So. Always hope. Yeah. All right. That wraps up another week. Uh, you are alone or with a guest host next week. So no Twim URC next week because you are or is that a... No, it's a Mark and Christina from URC. Christine, not Christina. Sorry, yeah. Christine. Um, they are going to be doing it. So you just got to come in here, do your quick bit, and then peace, sign on. I'll find... Um, maybe I'll try... I'll either bring in... Maybe both of them. Mm-hmm. Ricky and Joe. Mm. Uh, the mm. all-stars the all-star of our team. team. It does take two of them to replace one me. Yes. Um, or Alex. Bring yeah. him in. Uh, but either way, we'll we'll have an episode for you next week. There'll be lots of fun stuff to talk about. Actually, the news next week should be pretty great. Should be a lot to talk about. Yeah, there's yeah, going to be a lot yeah. to talk about. Yeah, Angelica, you have anything to say? Uh, wow, you were so yeah, you were, you were not just, very tuned in. Yeah, 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 the whole time. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I just can't stop talking. I know. Yeah. All right, <laughs> that's a good note to leave on. Yeah, this is Marvel, your intern. <laughs> Thank you.